Welcome to 2021, our year of the supernatural. We believe that in this year, as prophesied, your life will go above and beyond the natural and that it will be positively and supernaturally changed through this sermon. The teaching you're about to listen to by our anointed shepherd, Pastor Boni Bahati, will challenge you, strengthen, and transform you to live the victorious life you were created to enjoy. Listen and be blessed. Now, my sermon today is titled 493 trillion versus 28,000. 423 trillion versus 28,000. I'm exposing your finances. I'm sorry. 423 trillion versus 28,000. It's still part of the heart series. Now, often, as we become new people in Christ, Christians find it hard to forgive because they least expect that certain individuals should hurt them. The feeling is that if anybody would hurt them, it shouldn't be a particular person. How many have felt that before? If anybody is to hurt me, it shouldn't be so and so. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, best friends become best of enemies or worst of enemies. Husbands and wives who used to love each other become sworn enemies. The closest person who told you they loved you and cared for you can become your worst enemy. So as a new person in Christ, you need to remember that God has forgiven you much more horrible things than you are willing to forgive. So the Bible says Jesus gave a parable in Matthew chapter 18. I'm not going to read it because of time. Verse 28, verse 26, all the way. So I'm going to paraphrase it for you. So Jesus told a parable of an unforgiving servant. He compared the kingdom of God to a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with all his servants. One servant owed 10,000 talents. When he was unable to pay the king, the king thought of selling him, his wife, his children, and his property. But the servant begged for mercy. He said, Lord, have patience with me. Then the Lord, who is the king, being moved with compassion, forgave him his debt. However, the same servant found a fellow servant who who owed him 1,000 pence, 100 pence rather, 100 pence, and immediately hell broke loose. So despite the cry for mercy, the unforgiving servant threw his fellow servant into prison till he settled all the debts. So when the king heard this, or when this was reported to the king, The Bible says in verse 32 that the the Lord, that his Lord who is the king said to him, 
O wicked servant, I forgave thee of all the debt that thou should have paid me. And you could not have compassion on thy fellow servant. And the king was angry and delivered him to tormentors. Bible says, then likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother and his trespasses. So the talents in this scripture could be gold or silver. And the Bible speaks clearly that these ones were gold talents. Now one gold talent is approximately approximately 29,085 US dollars. One talent of gold is equivalent to 29,085 US dollars. One talent of silver is an equivalent of 1,920 US dollars. So for the talent of gold, it is 29,000 US dollars and 85 bob. US dollars. A talent of silver is 1,920 US dollars. Follow me, I'm going somewhere. So 10,000 gold talents, which the man owed the king, is 290 million, 850,000 dollars. So the 10,000 gold talents that this man owed the king is 290 million. 850,000 US dollars. So this amount is what the young servant owed his master. So God forgave him. In this case, God was, Jesus was speaking to illustrate how God forgives through the king. So God, in essence, forgave this young man 290 million, 850,000 US dollars. And he was willing, or rather he was required, to forgive his friends just a few cents. But the young man was angry. And he forgot that the Lord had forgiven him 290 million US dollars, which is 10,000 talents of gold. And he said, how can you do this? And hell broke loose and tormented him. So perhaps you think that you're not a bad person. And even as an unbeliever, you think, me, I have not done anything wrong to anybody. Maybe you think, I have not stolen anyone's diamond. I'm not a drug pusher or a drug peddler. So you might say, ah, pastor, what you are preaching does not apply to my case because me, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm preaching and what I'm about to show you applies to everybody. Who has been a sinner before? How many have been sinners before here? How many are sinners right now? So without raising a finger or uttering a word, the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. That means all of us are sinners. All of us require forgiveness. All of us require mercy. All of us. Because the heart of man is desperately wicked. So God will forgive you if you are a murderer. God will forgive you if you lie. God will forgive you if you fornicate. God will forgive you if you adulterate. God will forgive you if you practice witchcraft. However, 
There is only one thing that God will not forgive. God will not forgive if you bear someone a grudge. Mark 11.25 God will not forgive if you bear someone a grudge. The Bible says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. So God will forgive you when you kill. God will forgive you when you fornicate. God will forgive you when you lie. God will forgive you when you sell drugs. But God will not forgive you when you bear a grudge. So the point I'm trying to make is that there is only one thing that is not forgivable. And that is your inability to forgive. Your inability to forgive is not forgivable. Because the Bible says, if you want your father to hear you, you have to forgive your brother their trespasses. So the point at which God stops forgiving is the point at which you stop forgiving. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, the point at which God stops forgiving is the point at which you stop forgiving. That's why my title is God forgave you 493 trillion versus 28,000. Because if you convert the gold talents in today's currency, it shows that the man who owed 10,000 talents was forgiven 423 trillion US dollars. But he was not willing to forgive 28,000 dollars. So if you have an unforgiving nature, the implications are far-reaching. It indicates that perhaps you've not grown to become the new man that you're supposed to become in Christ. So over the years, as I've been pastoring, I've come to see and believe that unforgiveness is one sin that God will not forgive. Unforgiveness is one sin that God will not forgive. That may be for you the difference between life and death. To me, the sin of unforgiveness is even far much more dangerous than the sin of fornication. The Bible calls them the sins of the spirit. The sin of unforgiveness is far reaching in terms of danger than the sin of fornication. Because when you fornicate, God will forgive you. When you murder, God will forgive you. When you lie, God will forgive you. But if you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. So what is worse? What is worse? What is far-reaching? The sin of unforgiveness. And many of us here, you are holding grudges in your heart. Don't worry, you might be saying, Pastor, me, I don't hold anybody a grudge. I'll show you signs that your heart... <laughs> so because unforgiveness is not seen physically Many Christians feel that they can get away with it <laughs> But my friend It is a deadly sin If left unchecked God will not hear your prayer And you will not prosper Or God will not bless you If unforgiveness lingers in your life And the father 
will not hear you. If you are praying, and if you remember you have anything against anyone, forgive him first, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. So when you are praying and you remember, I've not forgiven so and so. If you don't forgive them, God does not hear your prayer. The Bible has never said anywhere that when you fornicate, God will not hear your prayer. It only says that when you fornicate, you are far away from God. But when you repent, God hears your prayer. But unforgiveness in your heart knows him. Hinders your prayer. Hinders your prayer. God is going to be angry with you because he forgave you, but you are not willing to forgive others. So ladies and gentlemen, many Christians of today don't know why they are being tormented in this life. And one of the reasons why you are going through torment is because of unforgiveness. Because the Bible says when the king realized that this man had not forgiven, yet he had been forgiven, he threw him to prison to be tormented by tormentors until the day he repays his debt. So when you don't forgive, God allows tormentors into your life. And they come and begin tormenting you. So many Christians of today don't know why they are being tormented. I've come to let you know that the reason why there is torment in your life is because you have unforgiveness in your heart. Pastor, the church is silent. Hey, pin drop. Aha. Uh -huh. Point at which God stops forgiving is the point at which you stop forgiving. One sin that God will not forgive is the sin of unforgiveness. Every other sin will be forgiven. <laughs> Minus the sin of the Holy Spirit. One of grieving the Holy Spirit. So actually there are only two places where the Bible says that will not be forgiven. is when you grieve the Holy Spirit, the sin against, when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. To blaspheme is simply to say that. You see a miracle here in church, you say, ah, I want to That's blasphemy. You say, ah, that's Belzebub. He's on my shetani, or my power. That's blasphemy. That's why when you see something you don't understand, shut your mouth. Tell your neighbor, when you see something you don't understand, shut your mouth. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, men. But the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. This he had spoken when they said that he had cast out demons by the power of Belzebub. Jesus speaking. He said, you think I've cast Belzebub? That sin is not forgiven. Because I, I did this by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there are only two things in the Bible that are not forgivable. The blasphemy of the spirit and unforgiveness. Pastor, me I'm a clean guy. I don't have unforgiveness. Ladies and gentlemen, let me show you signs of lingering unforgiveness. Signs of lingering unforgiveness. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's a hard thing. <laughs> Signs of lingering unforgiveness. So sometimes unforgiveness lingers on and on. Even long after the offense has been committed. By the way, there are people who bear grudges against dead people. You are angry at your dead uncle who never took you to school. You bear a grudge 
When you see their children, you remember what your uncle did to you. You say, ah, this was idea. Uncle Yawal Nitesa. And he's already dead. You bear grudges against dead enemies. Someone was your enemy, quote unquote. And say, I hate that guy. Sometimes unforgiveness lingers on and on. That is a very dangerous condition to be in. Because when unforgiveness is in your heart, you not only hinder your prayers, as the Bible says, God does not forgive you. God stops forgiving you the day you stop forgiving. So what are some of the signs of lingering unforgiveness? Number one, malice. Malice. Leo mtaenda umu kama mmenyenyekea. I chose violence. So according to Philippians 4:31, one of the signs of unforgiveness is malice. Ephesians 4:31. Did I say Philippians? Sorry, Ephesians. Ephesians 4:31. One of the signs of lingering unforgiveness 4:31 is malice. The Bible says, "Let all bitterness, wrath, Anger, clamor, and evil spirit be put away from you with all malice. Use King James. Quickly, brother. And anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, Clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. Pastor, what is malice? Malice, according to the dictionary, means a desire to harm others. Karma is a bitch. I say that, yeah, that's what you say. Karma is a, is a dog, a female dog, a bitch. Me, Simuachi Ataniona. Malice should be put away. <laughs> malice. A desire to harm others. How many of us here, if you check your heart, deep in your corner, there is someone you desire that one day something bad will happen to them. Malice is a desire to harm others. When somebody does something against you and you have this desire in your heart to harm them or hurt them, that is malice. And that is a sign of lingering unforgiveness. The desire to harm others shows that you've not forgiven the offender. The desire to hurt them shows that you've not forgiven the offender. When you've truly forgiven, you won't desire to harm the person. By the way, how many of us know that God has forgiven us of our sins? How many of us know that? Now, do you think God desires to harm you? Do you think God desires to harm you? Can you imagine what would happen to us if God should decide to harm us? If God should decide to repay us for evil? <laughs> Can you imagine what will happen to us? But your desire to hurt others is a sign of lingering 
and forgiveness. You are a wife. Your husband did something to you in the first year of marriage. You've been married for five years, but you still remember it. You say, one day, atalipa tu, you watch utawana. Siku moja, siku moja itafika. Siku moja, ataunga kuyo bafu. Askiva ya nilisikia, aliponichekea, aliponichekelea. Nantacheka. Hey, pastor, why are you saying here with, with so much confidence? Nantacheka. It's like there's someone who has told you that before. Malice is the desire to harm others. Hey, I don't know joke I'm checking. Your desire to harm others is a sign of lingering and forgiveness. Pastor, malicious people, malicious people, you desire one day, Jambia Daniona, at a Juamin Nani. One day I'll be rich, and the day I'll be rich. What a Darudi High School. Principal, <laughs> deputy, why are you doing law? I am doing law because when I was a child, my mother was very mistreated. Oh, I'll become a lawyer. And after I become a lawyer, I'll go and revenge. But they don't say I'll revenge, they say I'll seek justice. But in short, the justice they want to seek is in quotes, is actually revenge. Because justice, genu- true justice comes from the Lord. Only the Lord is just. Even human judges are not just. Because they are partial in their judgment. Because they judge according to what you've told them. But God sees all the angles. He sees the intentions of the heart. Malice is a sign of lingering and forgiveness. Remember that boyfriend who promised you he'll marry you? And she didn't marry you? Or he didn't marry you? Now he's, he's preparing to get married. You're saying, I wish you are you Chakula yishe. Ama kiki yanguke. Ama nyeshe. Eh? Of the bride falls. Malice. Ama suti simtoshe. Your desire to hurt others is a sign of lingering and forgiveness. Lingering and forgiveness is first seen by malice, desire to hurt others. One way you can tell you've not forgiven is when you feel uncomfortable at the mention of the offender's name. One way you know malice is in your heart is when you feel uncomfortable genuine. When certain person is mentioned, is that girl almost ruined my ministry? <laughs> you feel, ah, I don't want to see them. It's a sign that there's lingering unforgiveness. Malice is in your heart. At the point when you say, Lord, I let go, or God will take care of it, then that is when malice is gone. But as long as you've never said those words, malice is usually in your heart. You're malicious. You're looking for that opportunity to hurt them. You are a child, in, a girl, a child who is a girl. You're in primary school, and you're going to sit on your seat. Then there's this cheeky boy who was sitting behind you, and he put a pencil, and you sat on it, and you were like, Wah! And then since that day, 
you held a grudge against that boy. Now it's 20 years later, but you still say, the day I find him, he will know who I am. Now that I'm, on, I'm, I'm of age, I'm going on a pencil. Or I'll take him to jail. Malice. That reminds me of a story of a certain movie I was watching, an, an Indian movie. There was this guy, it's called Three Idiots. Have you watched Three Idiots? So there was this one guy who had so much unforgiveness in his heart because the other three idiots had done something wrong. They had exchanged his... The guy was not smart. He used to cram things. So they exchanged his speech. He was called Silencer. Yeah. They exchanged his speech. So when he had gone to the library, he crammed a certain speech on how he's going to honor the minister of education when he comes to school. So these cheeky boys went and exchanged the speech and wrote abuses. Because the, the guy did not know English and the speech was in English. So he was cramming what the lecturer had written to him because it was good. So when they exchanged, he just crammed what was on the paper. And what was on the paper was dangerous. And then God, during the, the ceremony, come and see disaster. The boy stood there. He started confidently started reading the speech in English. He called that boy, that minister of education, a bastard. He said, I want to appreciate this bastard. <laughs> this foolish man. All those things are so, things of praise. So everybody was uncomfortable. But him, he thinks he's doing a good thing. And the three idiots at the back are clapping and laughing. <laughs> they are saying, ah! Then he looked at them and said, one day, you will know who I am. So he went somewhere and wrote, this date, I don't know if it was August, what it was, 20 years from now, we'll come back to this very spot and you, I'll be rich and you'll be poor. I'll be driving and you'll be poor. So what was driving his success was the malice in his heart of trying to hurt these people by being successful to punish them. Some of you, the reason why you want to be successful is because, not because you really want to be, sit upright. You. Not because you really want to be successful. It's because of the malice in your heart. You want to prove somebody wrong. My teacher said, I, I, I'm a cabbage. I will never amount to anything. I'm going to buy a, a Land Rover and go with it back to high school and show him I made it. And buy him a cabbage and give it to him. This is the cabbage you called. I'll buy a million cabbages in a Land Rover. So, you don't, you know that you are doing the right thing, my dear. Malice is driving your heart. You want to hurt people. You want to harm people. Revenge is in your heart. <laughs> One of the signs of lingering unforgiveness is malice. When you cast the offender, you wish him ill, you plan how you're going to hurt them, malice is lingering in your heart. You might say, but pastor, why are people always hunting me all the time? Why are people always doing this? I have to revenge. That's not the point. The Bible says that God forgave you 70 times 7. Jesus was speaking. That's, if you go and read in Mark, you'll see. He said, Peter asked, so when, how, how, long should, how many times should we, should we forgive our brothers per day? Jesus looked at him and told, Peter, you should forgive 70 times 7 per day. So God has set the threshold of forgiveness per day. It is 400 and what? 90 times a day. That's the threshold of forgiveness. 
And he said, no. Some of you, there's malice against your parents because they never took you to the school you wanted. So secretly, you desire to harm them. Even that's why you decided to become pregnant out of wedlock. It was revenge. It's true. Sweetheart, that's malice. And the sad thing about malice, it does not harm the offender. It harms you. Number two. Signs of lingering and forgiveness. Number two. Anger. Anger. I speak to you direct, eh? I stop going through the corners. It's a hard thing, man. It's a hard thing. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor. It's a hard thing. The dictionary defines anger as a strong feeling of hostility and displeasure. A strong feeling of hostility and displeasure. Go to verse 20. Verse 20. Verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? How many times, master, should my brother sin? Because as long as you are with brothers, as long as you have somebody you are seated next to, they will always offend you. As long as you are not, even brothers from the same womb offend each other. Actually, more. More. Even sisters from the same womb offend each other. Even more. As long as you are a human being, somebody will offend you. Some of you will be offended by how I'm preaching. Some of you are offended by me speaking too much truth. Some of you are offended by how I don't like people walking in when I'm preaching or standing up and leaving when I'm preaching. Some of you are offended by how I walk. This is my father. You're laughing, but it's true. People are offended by such things. Some of you are offended by the light in the church. I say the light. My life is a testimony. Jesus said, Peter was asking Jesus, Jesus, how many times should I forgive? How many times should I forgive my husband when he wrongs me? Jesus said, seven times? How many times should I forgive my husband? How many times should I forgive my beloved? How many times will I forgive the one seated next to me? Jesus, Jesus answered, verse 22. Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times. No, I said up to 70 times seven in a day. 
in one day. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened to the king. So he started giving them the parable. Anger is a sign of lingering and forgiveness. Always angry. If you just step on them like this, outbursts. It's like that person left wherever they are coming from just to come and step on you. The agenda of the day is to step on Pastor Mark. Anger is a sign of lingering and forgiveness. You're always angry. Or something small blows you up. Something small. <laughs> Anger is extreme what? Extreme hostility and displeasure. You're just hostile towards people. Hostile. Hostile. I was brought up that way. It's not my fault. It shows even your mother there's unforgiveness in their hearts. One sign of lingering unforgiveness. They are people who are full of displeasure. Nothing makes them happy. You try your best to make them happy, they will never be happy. No day have they told you, wow, this has made me happy. However, how hard you've tried, they're always displeased. It's a sign of lingering and forgiveness. You have this strong feeling of hostility whenever you see someone who once offended you. Then, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot of unforgiveness in your heart. A lot of unforgiveness. Look at how you speak to your husband. Bring me water. Or you, you can't answer back because you are afraid. But in your heart, you answer back. And you know when you speak something in your heart, it shows on your attitude. It shows on your face. A lot of times, me and mama start studying faces. Because faces, the Bible says, as the water shows the reflection of the body of man. So, the heart shows the reflection of the spirit. That's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes. Find me that scripture. As the water... Eh? As water answered, as, as in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. So one way to know the heart of man, look at their face. Their face will reveal to you. Some of you, I look at you like this, I see this one is discouraged from the face. That's why one of the blessings of the Lord is the Bible says that the Lord will cause his face to shine upon you. Because when the face of God shines upon your face, your face is lifted up. You glow. 
That is one of the blessings of the Lord. So you look at somebody like this, they are saying things in their heart, bring me water. Ndiyoi. Oh, they don't even say ndiyoi, they just come in. Anger, displeasure, there is lingering and forgiveness. Maybe your husband said something, or your beloved said something and you didn't like, and they even forgot. Like me, I can tell you things and I forget. <laughs> me, I'm a master at that, because I don't put things in my heart. I don't put things in my heart. I just tell you, Pastor Mark, I don't like that nonsense, and that's it. Once I tell you I don't like that nonsense, that's it. I don't even screenshot and keep it in my mind. No, at next time when I meet with Mike, I remember Mike. There's something you I even forget. My wife can tell you. I forget. Is it true? So you might be carrying me, and me I already forgot. I don't put things in my heart. What you see is what you get. When I rebuke you, to Namalizania, hapo. That's it. We've already sorted that issue. So let's keep moving. But you, your face, you carry things in there. You've so much baggage in your heart. So much. You've carried a lot of animosity. A lot of anger in your heart. Be healed of your heart. I sense strongly that you've so much in your heart. Be healed. It will make you beautiful. More beautiful. Anger is in your heart. You're, you're, you're angry at your parents. They never took you to the best schools. Signs of lingering and forgiveness. Anger. Outbursts. Anger. Lingering and forgiveness. <laughs> My life is a testimonial. Sing for me that song. And you should not wait for me to tell you. Or are you angry at me? Are you malicious? You want to harm me with the wrong key. Anyway, one day Utaimba nasta back up. That's what maybe they are saying. Yes, kumwajo Utaimba nasta back up. Malicious. Anyway, number three. Wrath. Wrath. Signs of lingering. Unforgiveness. Wrath. As water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals his heart. Never forget. Yeah. Wrath. Pastor, what is wrath? Wrath is extreme anger. Wrath is extreme anger. Anger that has grown on steroids. Anger that is on steroids. Extreme. Unakasirikanga unaza kutetemeka. Mini kitakasirika pastor na kwanyaka. Mini spendi kikasirika. Nikasirika na zauwa mtu. Na tetemeka pastor. Nishikilieni, nishikilieni. Wrath is extreme anger. Wrath is extreme anger. So wrath, <laughs> when I just thought at one day I can remove my shirt, and then you find there is no this part. <laughs> like how guys would do it in high school. You would just put on this place. <laughs> I'll try that one day by the way. 
wrath is extreme anger. So one sign of the presence of extreme anger in your life is you are acting wild. One sign of the presence of extreme anger in someone is that the person acts wild. <sighs> wild. Wild characteristics. Wild desires. Yeah. Look, when I was growing up, there's a certain guy who used to, we, the place we used to live had numbers. We are not yet, we are not yet built our home. So we used to live in a certain place. And there's a certain guy who used to live at number five. <laughs> so he's somewhere in Masai Lodge. <laughs> Me, you know, I grew up up at Uronga. Somewhere along Masai Lodge. With some guy at the back here. Yeah. So I know he knows the story. So that guy was at number five. <laughs> so, this guy had a wife. Quote, unquote. So, a wife, yeah, not legally married, but they're just living. She was called Shiko. How many Shiko in the building? Not Shiko, but Shiko. Shiko in full is Wanjiro. Wanjiko. How many Wanjikos are here? May you be delivered. There are no Wanjikos here. A lie. They're just pretending. Shiko in Wamkono. One out of ten girls is Shiko. Yeah. Anywho, so this Shiko, anytime they would get an alteration with the man, she would break everything in the house. She would take glasses and bang! Outside! One time she even broke the TV. And those days that TV was a big deal. She carried it outside. It went and threw it. Ah! She took stones, started stoning the windows. Our own house. Extreme anger. Expensive anger. Expensive anger. One way to know there is wrath in your life is how you act wild when you're angry. Look at yourself how you are when you're angry, how you act. Even an askia you are acting wild. Some girls, they are acting wild. It's not in the how, not in the change of breath or Jamaica. No, they go wild, rampant. They go looking for anybody they can have sex with. Yeah, they go wild, sexually wild. They say anybody who wants me, they can have me. It's called a whole face. It's called whole face. Allah? Allah? I didn't know that. Whole face, I hear. It's a face. You activate it. You say, I'm going to become lambistic. I'm going to become a whole. I'm going to become wild. Wrath is in your heart. I'm going to teach them a lesson. I'm going to get three children in three years. So every year I'll be pregnant. <laughs> and I'll be taking them to my mother to teach them a lesson. Wrath. Wrath. My life is a testimony. <laughs> you want to run with that vision. 
and see to the end. You are acting wild. Wild. Or some of you, when you are angry and you are boys, you go and buy drinks. You drink yourself silly. Or you go and, and it's called, what's that box? Hot box. You go and hot box. But what you don't realize is the unforgiveness is not affecting your friend. It's not affecting the offender. It's affecting you. It's affecting you. That extreme anger is working against you. If you get three children in three years, you still you've got to raise them for the rest of your life. Your mother has a few years to live. That's the truth. She will leave you with those children. Those children will never call your mother mom. They will call you mom. They will call your mother Shosho. They will never call, him, call her mom. So the presence of extreme wrath, anger, frustration, you act wild. Are you going to say, Siendi Tena? Or the teacher offering Marambili? Siendi Tena. Siendi. Nana Koza, Nana Nua Pisa, 1,000 Nikule Yote. Miss Yeti Pea, Nana Kanisa, 1,000. You're acting wild. The presence of being wild. Like I know somebody, a while back, I met them. When they hung, they, hey, 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 hey. When I was preparing this sermon, I remembered them. I prayed for their heart. I said, Lord, that person has unforgiveness in their hearts. Heal them. Hey, hey, what are you doing? What is this? Anger. You see, wildness. Some girls, when they get angry, they take a phone, break it. Or they send screenshots. I want to expose them. I want to expose this person. Wrath, you're acting wild. Or you go recording like this. I was watching something on Facebook. A guy, I don't know, you done what. And the lady came with cameras. They recorded the boy and put it on social media to embarrass the boy. I said, yo, does it have to get to that? That's wrath. That's wrath. That's wrath. It's working against you. Because you're also in the video. People also know you. And people are saying, hey, I cannot date such a woman. Wow, 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 wow. That's dangerous. You're also in the mess. But by the way, you know when you're when you under wrath, you don't realize you're part of the frame. You're in the picture. So you acting wild also makes other people who are sensible mark you. They say, I cannot be friends with such a guy. Hey. Wrath is a sign of lingering and forgiveness. And one way to know wrath is at work in your life is how wild you act when angry. How wild are you? That's what the Bible says. Be angry, but not sin in your anger. Being angry you will be, but don't let sin mature in your anger. Some of you get angry and go and draw tarts. You go and say, I want to feel that pain that I'm feeling, other than feeling the emotional pain. Let me feel the pain on my skin. I'll always see it. 
And the more you always see it, the more you become angry. Anytime you look at it, it reminds you of the pain. Wrath. It's a hard thing. That's why there's torment in your life. You are tormented. And I told you God stops forgiving at the point in which you stop forgiving. The only thing that God will not forgive is your inability to forgive. Wrath is in your heart. You have wrath towards your parents. You want to expose them. You are calling them deadbeats. This culture that you guys have is not a godly culture. It's not from God. Or somebody does something wrong, it's called cancel culture. We cancel them. We cancel. Just because he did one mistake, you want to cancel them. That's nonsense. That shows that they, you are, there's wrath in your heart. There's a lot of unforgiveness in your heart. And by the way, the, a lot of people who propagate those, those things are actually jealous people. So they look for that one opportunity. Because they, a lot of people are jealous of you, by the way. Actually, a lot of people who criticize you, the reason why they criticize you is because they are jealous of you. But they can't come and tell you I'm jealous. They can't come and express the jealous. They just criticize you. They say, yeah, I won't say, I know this. It's in the Bible. The scriptures say that the Pharisees were angry at Jesus. And the reason why the Bible says they were angry is because the Bible says they were jealous that he was gathering more crowds than them. So they plotted to kill him. Because of jealousy. How can that young man start growing like that? They start plotting things and ideas. Wrath. Number four. Number four. Clamor. Clamor. Ephesians 4.23, go to 23. Be angry and do not sin. Is it Ephesians 20 or 23? Eh? Oh, that you want, rather. Sorry, sorry, forgive. But let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor. Pastor, clamor ni nini? Clamor is loud, abusive language. Loud, abusive language loud demands or loud protests when you get angry the mother father you drop eh the kind of things that come from your mouth that's clamor loud abusive language the hands the way you throw them when you throw them fingers you are very quick to very quick. Clamor. Loud, abusive language. If you feel it's very hot, you can. The, the quote for putting fans is 30,000. We have them here, but we don't have wiring. <laughs> the quote is 30,000. You can come and give me 30, you and your friend who are feeling hot. We we'll do wiring. We have the fans. Yeah, because that's your burden. That's why you're feeling hot. That's the burden you have. A sign that the Lord is moving your heart. Yeah, the fans are here, but you don't have the 30,000 to do wiring. So, unforgiveness is sin 
in your clamor. Loud abusive language. Loud demands. Have you ever had some, some people give demands of what should be done to them for them to forgive? You ask yourself, hey. I, I was thinking to myself yesterday. It's like right now the business that is very operational and profitable is a woman to look at someone who looks like they are successful and trap them and get a child with them. And then tell them, I'm going to expose you unless you give me 40,000 per month, 3,000 for a salon per week. Your child needs internet worth 10,000 per month. Your child, eh? One year old, eh? Needs internet. Eh? Entertainment allowance, 10,000. Two nannies. Your child cannot use public transport. My child is two years, eh? He cannot use. I said, this is, this is, this is clamor. It's called clamor. Loud demands. Loud demands. I even started praying for men who are going to make it in life. Because a lot of you here, you'll make it. You'll become successful. Right now, nobody is after you, eh? Because asa, It's like trying to squeeze water out of stone. Uh-uh. But as you keep growing, and mullah starts coming, Satan might position people, but I've prayed for you that God will always make a way of escape. Because people have become wicked. People have become wicked. Let all bitterness and indignation, wrath, which is passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, which is anger and animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, and contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, by the way, slander is the root word for diabolos. Anytime you see slander, it's diabolos. Diabolos is the word that produces accuser. Accuser is another name of Satan. Satan is called the accuser of brethren. So slander, anytime you see someone who is slanderous, Satan is involved. That's why Timothy and Paul were warned against slander. Titus and, rather, not Timothy and Paul. Paul warned Titus and Timothy against slander. He told them, beware of the old women who are slanderous. Beware of them. He said, such women are under the influence of Satan. They have become devilish. They have become a devil. And and Timothy was also told, beware of slander. So slander is evil speaking, abusive, blasphemous language. Let it be abolished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, and business of any kind. So clamor is what? Abusive, loud, abusive language. How can you come to church? You are so nicely dressed. You are looking sweet and holy. And then when you go home, you are quarreling with everybody every day. You are quarreling every day, every day with everybody. If a neighbor is to record the kind of abuses that come from your house and bring them to your pastor, your pastor will be surprised. He'll say, hey, we'll see I personally believe that Christians should not be loud and abusive in any circumstance. Actually, if you're a lady, a lady Christian, the Bible says you should have a quiet spirit. That's what you should have. 
You cannot be a woman and you are loud. You are loud. These girls who are around me, I always try to tell them, don't be loud. Shh. Carry yourself like a lady. Hey! That's the body! Hey! And you are a girl. Hey! You cannot be like that. You should have something called a quiet spirit. That is not to mean that you don't speak. You know you can be not speaking, but your spirit is not quiet. You are loud. When we come around you, we, are rest. we, are not, we cannot rest. There are people who just want their company because they, are, they have a calm spirit. Quiet spirit. There are others who go karibu na honganya. Na ujui. Na honganya because they are not restful. Na menyamaza ongei. A woman should not be loud. They should have a quiet spirit. Bible says, rather, let it be hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That's the one you should have. A gentle and quiet spirit. I believe that Christians should not be loud. By loud, I mean when someone offends you. Stop being loud on social media about it. The Bible says if your brother has offended you, go talk to him. If he doesn't listen to you, go call an elder to speak to him. If he doesn't speak to you, if he doesn't, if he doesn't listen, let it, leave it to God. Leave it to God. But you, you don't know that language. When someone offends you, you, you go exp everywhere on social media. I want to expose this person. Paleko status. Ume screenshots. Screenshots. If you are a greater lover, you should not have that habit of screenshotting people. It's wrong. It's not a good thing. How would you feel if you had a conversation privately with someone and the next thing you read it on the newspaper? How do you feel? It's not a good thing. It's not a good culture. It's a culture of lack of integrity. Clamor is a sign of lingering unforgiveness. Loud demands. Check your heart and see. Are there, are there loud demands? When you're angry, how do you behave? What, what kind of things do you say? Mother, father. Brother, sister. Shifts. Clamor. Clamor. You just got fired by a company. And you write trash about them. You forget that that company has fed you for the last 15 years. Hey, don't forget the good of 15 years. Just because they fired you. And they fired you because you are lazy. But you will not tell us that. It don't be these people who are quick to believe what you read on social media. A lot of times what you read on social media is one-sided. Yeah. Is one-sided. I believe with all my heart that a Christian should not be loud. Clamor is a loud, abusive language. And clamor is a sign of unforgiveness. I know of a church somewhere, there was so much disharmony in that church that one time the pastors and the members fought physically. It was on the news. And the pastor had to hide in the roof. <laughs> The one who preaches to you, you make him climb. <laughs> climb the roof, waiting for police. You know you're already cast, eh? You're already cast. And it's the thing about such castes, they don't come to you, they come to your children. They, the Bible says, I'll hit you below the belt. Clamor. Clamor, disharmony. There's clamor in the love group. There's disharmony. There's this one guy who will not listen. 
ako na opinion zake point ni zake anaajuna kila mtu you're trying to create revelations out of no revelations you're creating revelations that are not there no i think he skipped the manager shut up mimi naona shut up you're just you just you're just listening so that you can argue you know, the bible says a man of god should not argue that's what the bible says and you say you are a man of god why are you arguing why are you arguing Bible says do not do not argue and do not give yourself to baseless genealogies in Timothy Timothy don't give yourself to arguing and giving yourself to baseless genealogies it's a sign of unforgiveness there's so much unforgiveness in your heart and the only thing that God will not forgive is your inability to forgive number 5 i'm finishing with number 6 is that okay is that okay Or you are even angry about that and I'm helping you. Number five, evil speaking or slander. Evil speaking or slander. My life is a testimony. The Lord has done with something oh. oh. My life is a testimony. Oh. oh. It is a marvelous thing. My life is a testimony. Jehovah has done me something. My life is a testimony. It is a marvelous thing. I decree that your life will be a testimony. From today for unforgiveness is leaving your heart. Unforgiveness is leaving your heart. And from today your life will be a testimony. Jehovah will do you good. I'm saying Jehovah will do you good. You are living this place with a heart that is healed. I'm saying you are living this place with a heart that is healed. Jehovah is changing your life. Jehovah is changing your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ. My life is a testimony. Jehovah has done me something. Oh. My life is a testimony. Oh. It is a marvelous thing. Oh. My life is a testimony. My life is a testimony. Oh. Don't play, Prince. My life has done me something. Oh. My life is a testimony. Oh. oh. It is a marvelous thing. Oh. I want you to place your hand on your chest and pray for your heart. My life is a testimony. Oh. Just pray as we sing, pray. Say Lord, this heart this heart of mine Lord is a dangerous heart. I there is a lot of unforgiveness in my heart. A lot of it Lord. There's clamor in my heart. There's slander in my heart. There's anger in my heart. There's wrath in my heart. My life is a testimony Lord. Jehovah has done me something. is a testimony oh oh it is a marvelous thing oh my life is a testimony lord my life is a testimony oh my life is a testimony lord my love has done me something oh my life is a testimony oh my life is a testimony oh jehovah has done me something oh jehovah is a marvelous thing oh 
my life is a testimony, Lord. My life is something, My life is a testimony, Lord. Jehovah has done me something, My life is a testimony, My life is a testimony, Oh, it is a marvelous thing, Pray for your hearts. My life is a, my life is a testimony, My life is a testimony, Lord. Jehovah has done me something, Is a testimony. Father, heal our hearts in Jesus' name. Number four, number five, evil speaking or slander. To slander is to say bad things about someone or to backbite. To slander is to accuse. We are master accusers. We accuse people easily. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking, which is slander, be put out from among us. Let it be put away from among us. Let it be put away from your heart. Evil speaking. Don't accuse. Don't be an accuser of brethren. That is the work of Satan. It is Satan who accuses people. When you start accusing your brother, you are taking the role of Satan. You are taking the role of who? Satan. When someone slanders another person, a lot of times what is said about that person is usually false. Those who slander often have the intention of destroying the other person. So people who slander, for example, your spouse, must be watched carefully. You must take a keen eye on someone who comes and tells you something evil about people. Slanderous people are often people full of bitterness. Look, of course there may be some genuine complaints. But when it is continuous, then such a person has deep-seated problem of unforgiveness in their heart. They are bitter. I take particular notice on people who always come to tell me evil things about people. The reasonable is when you come and tell me, this one has done this once. But it can't be, it is only you who is always coming to tell me what everybody is doing bad. It's only, only this keyboard that is always coming to tell this speaker what this, what is this thing called? Sound card has done. What this, I'm, I'm avoiding to use people. What this laptop has done to this monitor. It can't be. Anybody who talks to you about others will talk to others about you. Anybody who talks to others, who talks to you about others, will talk to others about you. That's the truth. Take particular notice on such people. Take particular notice. That is slander. That is evil speaking. That is backbiting. And girls, you are a victim at this. You are a victim. He who talks to, others about, uh, talks to you about others will talk to others about you. Girls, deal with your hearts. Even men, it is worse now. When it is a man, you always have an evil thing to speak about somebody. You see someone on TV, you say, ah, we say Look, the other time I was like that. Until my wife one time caught me. Told me, by the way, babe, you know you, say, you always say negative things about these, these people. She told me that. I said, by the way, 
When she said that, I caught myself. I said, actually, that is slander. That is slander. I told her, actually, that is the voice of the Holy Spirit I've picked from you. I stopped. You will not find me talking evil about people. Rarely would you find me. I try my best to see the best. I try my best to see the best in people. To see this is the best that this person can be. Even if they are not at their best, I always tell you the best is yet to come. Because I always believe as long as you're alive, the best is yet to come. But slanderous people, their intention is to destroy the other person. The intention is to say, oh, this girl did this. This girl has a child. I'm a feature nyumbani. Who told you we want that news? What does it benefit us? What good will you make to, what's your name, Kasioka? When you tell Kasioka about the evil of Kate, or Kate tells Kasioka about the evil of Naomi, what, what good do you get? The Bible says the, the love covers a multitude of sin. If you are a person who truly loves and your heart is actually right, when you see someone has done something wrong, other than exposing them, you will cover them. You're not covering them because you condone their mistakes and you condone what they are doing. No, you are covering them knowing that God, who sees in secret, will work in their hearts and reward them and change their hearts if it needs to be changed. But as for me, I'm not going to be the one to broadcast the news. The Bible reminds me of a story. One time, David was believing God that one day King Saul will die because the Lord had promised him that he's going to be king. So apparently it happened that a few years went by and King Saul was killed in battle. Then the Bible records that one guy came running to King David to tell him the news of the death of King Saul. Then you should expect that David would be very happy that his arch enemy has died. But the Bible records that David took his sword and killed that guy who was coming to tell him the news about the death of King Saul. He said, how can you come and speak to me about the Lord's anointed? Then David made a proclamation and said, let it not be told in Gath. Like it should not be given, it should not be in any newspaper. It should not be speaking, spoken about anywhere. Because love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of sin. But unforgiveness is seen in our hearts when there's evil speaking. You speak evil about the church. This church has fed you. It is in this church that your heart is changing. But when you leave, you speak evil about the church. See, your church in anger fans. <laughs> your church, your pastor, and anger jifanya sana. Niyama badri. Your church, wana samangu, wana samangu, bado. By the way, Sunday is for God. Yeah, if you want a service that ends quickly, there's Catholic, please go there. By 6.30, by 7, you are done. Yeah, then go and sleep. But yeah, let us, let us have change. And if you go for one hour, you see, you've been, you used to go there and you never changed. You became worse. Now, allow me to preach to you so that you change. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The longer you hear, the more change you experience. The more transformation you get. That's the mystery. How would you have known about evil speaking if it is one hour? Evil speaking and slander, let it be put from us. Lingering and forgiveness is sin 
in the evil speaking. Number six and the last one. Number six, bitterness. Bitterness. This is the mother of all. I was hoping I'll get here. Bitterness. Let all bitterness. Let all what? Bitterness is defined as degenerated unforgiveness. Degenerated unforgiveness. Degenerated. To degenerate is to go worse. The word degenerate is defined as to pass into a worse state than the one which is considered normal and desirable. So to degenerate is to go to a worse state than that which is considered normal and desirable. Bitterness is defined as degenerated unforgiveness. I also like to define bitterness as long-standing unforgiveness. Long-standing degenerated unforgiveness. When unforgiveness stays in your heart so much, you become bitter. When unforgiveness grows in your heart, you become a bitter person. A lot of bitter people are people who allowed unforgiveness to grow. So when a situation passes from one stage to a worse stage, it is described as a degenerated condition. So unforgiveness, which stays in your heart for a long period of time, degenerates into bitterness. The critical sign of bitterness is that it begins to poison other people. The critical sign, I repeat, of bitterness is that bitterness begins to poison other people. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. The Bible cautions us of bitterness. It says, do not allow bitterness to grow in you. Don't allow bitterness. Look carefully, the Bible says, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Use King James. Many become defiled because of this. Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble. And thereby, many are defiled. So you can see, and bitterness begins to defile others. The critical sign of a bitter person is when he begins to poison others. Anytime you see someone has started speaking evil about this church, or about the pastor, or about the place they used to fellowship, or a place they used to participate in, just know that's a bitter person. The cardinal sign of bitterness is that bitterness begins to poison others. Be healed of bitterness. I'm saying be healed of bitterness. Amen. I repeat, be healed of bitterness. Amen. I know some people who are filled with hatred in their hearts for their wives, their husbands, their mothers, their fathers, or even their relatives. It's a dangerous thing to be a bitter person. A good example of a bitter person is a woman who has been hurt by a man. Have you met a woman who has been hurt? <laughs> the storyline is always the same. The man approached you and told you, I love you, honey. You're the sweetest lady I've ever known. I want to love you. When I saw you, my heart moved from the left to the right. I want you to know that if you're on the other side of Mediterranean Sea, I would swim across just to bring you ice cream. 
Or perhaps they even told you, you're the only pebble I see whenever I walk on the beach, and that's you. The only pebble I see when I'm walking on the beach is you, baby. They told you nice things, and you believed it. You believed it when they told you that they have seen many ladies, but you are a very different lady. What you did know is that he had other pebbles on the beach and that he had told other ladies the same stories. So you were a virgin and he wanted to remain so until you got married. But he convinced you to give in to him with promises that he would marry you anyway. So he began sleeping with you and you did things that you never dreamt of doing with your body. In fact, you also had to commit several abortions because you are not ready for babies. Mm -hmm. Then one day, he lets out a bomb that he cannot marry you after all. At that point, many suitors wanted to marry you at the prime of your youth, but you refused them because the sweet talker was always there. After you turned 38, most men shied away from you. <laughs> now, you bear this man a grudge. You begin to hate men. And soon, you begin to hate him with a passion. With the time, you have to come to hate all men. You could not forgive that man, so you lumped all men into that category. Your heart has become a long-standing, degenerated type of unforgiveness, which is now bitterness. Sometimes, such people begin to champion women's causes out of bitterness. They begin to say, things to support the woman's agenda. They become feminists. Feminism started out of bitterness, if you don't know. Started out of bitterness. Start championing that you don't need to man to be. <laughs> a lot of those girls who champion those things, look at them and ask them critical questions. You'd be surprised they are bitter. <laughs> Such people remain unmarried for the rest of their lives. Actually, others develop and degenerate even further and become lesbians. A lot of lesbians are women who are bitter with men. A lot of them, they are bitter because somebody did something to you. So, uh, uh, psychologically speaking, a psychologist will tell you, it's the truth, they are bitter. If you ask them, why are you this? They say, you know me, when I was in primary school, a certain boy made me feel like this. So I said, you and me, I can become a boy. So how do you become a boy? When I'm a lesbian, I feel like I'm the boy in the relationship. All I was raped. They never forgive. So bitterness grew in their hearts. And because of this bitterness, the long-standing unforgiveness, it degenerated and became what it is. Men can also be bitter against women. I remember a story I heard of a certain man who wanted to marry a certain girl. Then she took this girl to school paid school fees, educated her, did everything that a man can do to a woman. And after the woman had become successful, the woman said, I cannot marry you because you are uneducated. And she went to a man who was educated. That man became bitter. Up to date, he is not married. Up to date, he is not married. He champions men's agenda. He says a man does not need a woman. I even think, I'm not sure, but I think he's now gay. He's now homosexual because he was bitter towards women because of what happened. 
Bitterness is long-standing unforgiveness. Degenerated unforgiveness. Who have you not forgiven in your heart? God is asking you right now to forgive them. Because if you don't forgive them, this is your end. Your end will be an end of bitterness. To forgive does not mean that the person can reoccupy the place they occupied in your heart. No. To forgive simply means I let go. I let that God will handle this for me. He's better place to handle it for me than I am. I saw a meme this week that I'm going to let God fix this because if I fix it, I'm going to jail. That should be the attitude you have. When people hurt you, say, Lord, I want to let you fix it. Because if I fix it, I'll go to jail. And the jail you'll go to is the jail of unforgiveness. The jail of torment. The jail of pain. That jail is, mass, is worse than a physical jail. Because it's a jail that you are in. And you don't know, the, you don't know how long you'll be sentenced. You don't know. The, there's no definite sentencing. You are there indefinitely. God is asking you from the bottom of your heart to let go of such issues. Forgive. Let God be God. Forgive. Forgive of bitterness. My life is a testimonial. As we sing this song, I want you to open your mouth and tell Lord, Lord, my heart is full of unforgiveness. Please forgive me. And if you'd want you to, if you'd want me to pray with you, there's unforgiveness in your heart. I'll be waiting here. Come, I'll pray with you. Come, walk to me, I'll pray with you. There's unforgiveness in your heart. You're asking God, Lord, help me forgive. I don't know how to do it. Perhaps you are you someone did wrong something wrong to you. Come to me, I'll pray with you. And God will help you. Walk to me, don't be afraid. A marvelous thing. My life is a testimony. My life is a testimony. As you come here, kneel and begin to pray. Pray and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. All the way here, there's space over here. There's space over here. Everywhere here. It is a marvelous thing. Perhaps your father divorced with your mother, so you don't like your father because he was not present with you. God is saying, Forgive him right now. Forgive him. Forgive the government. They promised you good things, but they didn't give to you. Forgive them. God is saying, Forgive them. Forgive them. Of becoming bitter after bad experiences and forgive forgive then say Lord I'm asking you to help me forgive help me forgive Lord because the only thing you will not forgive is my inability to forgive father in the name of Jesus Christ I want to pray for these people who are right in front of me right now father only you can help us forgive bad experiences can turn us into wicked people Bad experiences can make us unforgive, unforgiving. We can have bitterness of heart, Lord. But Lord, we've seen that this is a hard thing. If you don't forgive, we remain in prison. If you don't forgive, we remain who we are. We remain wicked. And not only do we remain, we degenerate and even become worse and begin to poison others. So Father, I'm praying for everybody under the sound of my voice. Please God, heal them, Lord. Heal them of unforgiveness. Give them a new lease of life. Help them forgive the long-standing issues 
Lord, they roll away these battles into you, O God. Lord, I roll away my heart to you. I ask you, Lord, to deal with it, Lord. My heart is in your hands, Lord. My heart is evil, Lord. Unless you help me, Lord, I'll remain a wicked man. But Father, I believe you and I know, Lord, that you will help me. Father, I thank you and I glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap, my friend? Beautiful.